Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This is going to be 1 Samuel chapter 3. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious or scarce in those days. There was no open vision. The word precious as used here means scarce. The word of God was seldom heard in all the land. Harold B. Lee explained why as follows. The story commences with a significant statement. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. That means that there was no prophet upon the earth through whom the Lord could reveal his will, either by personal experience or by revelation. And it came to pass that Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes were dim, and Samuel the boy also laid down to sleep. And you remember the through that night there came a call, Samuel, and thinking that Eli had called him, he went to Eli's room to be told that Eli had not called him. And he lay down the second time again to be called, and yet the third time, and by this time Eli, sensing the fact that he was being spoken to by an unseen speaker, said, The next time that you hear, then ye shall answer, Here, here I am, Lord, speak to me. And so the next time when the call came... Samuel answered as he had been directed. Now it says, Samuel, up to this time, did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. And after he had recognized the Lord and said, Thy servant heareth, then he was told that the Lord was to proceed to do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth and it heareth it shall tingle. And then he explained the reason why Eli could not receive further messages from the Lord. His sons make themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Or in other words, he allowed his sons to curse God, and therefore were leading the people of Israel astray. Verse 2, And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he shall call, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. The Lord immediately explained the symbolism of Samuel's three fruitless visits to Eli. The chain of authority had been circumvented and changed. Because of the iniquity of Eli's sons, his house was destined for destruction. And just as the house of Eli was to decrease, Samuel was to increase. A new prophet had been called, and Samuel became the direct recipient and dispenser of the word of the Lord to Israel. That was by David Seeley. Verse 11, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall, shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not.
And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me, of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. You need have no fear that when one of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ delivers a prophecy in the name of Jesus Christ, because he is inspired to do that, that it will fall by the wayside. I know of more than one prophecy which, looking at it naturally, seemed as though it would fall to the ground as your as year after year passed. But lo and behold, in the providences of the Lord, that prophecy was fulfilled. That was by Heber J. Grant. <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but uh, John A. Widso, um, talking about Joseph Smith, mentioned that, pro- that the prophet Joseph Smith had about 1,400 prophecies, um, some of, most of which had been fulfilled and some still yet to be fulfilled. But I thought that was incredible. I didn't know that there were that many. Verse 20, And all Israel from Dan, even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. It was still night, though the dawn was near. The holy oil in the seven-branched candlestick in the holy place was burning low, but its light had not yet gone out, when a voice calling Samuel by his name wakened him from sleep. As Eli's eyes had begun to wax dim so that he would require the aid of the young Levite on ministry, it was natural to infer that it was the voice of the aged high priest that had called him. But it was not so, and Samuel again laid down to rest. A second time the same voice called him, and a second time he repaired in vain to Eli for his commands. But what But when yet a third time the call was repeated, the high priest understood that it was not some vivid dream which had startled the youth from his sleep, but that a voice from heaven commanded his attention. There is such simplicity and childlike faith, such utter absence of all intrusive curiosity, and such entire self-forgetfulness on the part of Eli, and on that of Samuel, such complete want of all self-consciousness as to render the surroundings worthy of the scene about to be enacted. Samuel no longer seeks sleep. But when next the call is heard, he answers as directed by his fatherly teacher, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Then it was that not, as before, merely a voice, but a vision was granted him. When Jehovah repeated in expressed terms, this time not in warning prediction, but as the announcement of an almost immediate event, the terrible judgment impending upon Eli and his sons, the expression, Ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, seems intended to mark the time as indicated by us in the next. This seems to be the reason why the fact is mentioned that Eli's eyes had become had begun to wax dim. It is remarkable as indicative of Samuel's reverential fear that his reply differs from that taught him by Eli in the omission of the word Jehovah. This is implied in the words Jehovah came and stood. The voice had come from out of the most holy place, where the Lord dwelt between the cherubim, the vision or appearance in whatever form it may have been, was close before Samuel. In the one case, Samuel had been asleep, in the other he was fully awake. With the burden of this communication upon him, Samuel still lay still the gray morning light. 
Whatever thoughts might crowd upon him, did the aged high priest seek to intrude into what might pass between that Levite youth and the Lord before whom he had stood for so many years in the highest function of the priestly office and into whose immediate presence in the innermost sanctuary he had so often entered? Suffice it, the vision and the word of Jehovah had passed from himself, passed not to his sons and successors in the priesthood, but to one scarce grown to manhood, and whose whole history associated as it was with that very tabernacle stood out so vividly before him. This itself was judgment, but what further judgment had the voice of the Lord announced to his youthful servant? And now it was morning, and Samuel's duty was to open the gates of the sanctuary. What was he to do with the burden which had been laid upon him? In his reverence for his teacher and guide, and in his modesty, he would not bring himself unbidden to speak of that vision. He trembled to repeat to him whom most it concerned the words which he had heard. But the sound of the opening gates conveyed to Eli that whatever might have been the commission to the young prophet, it had been given, and there could be no further hesitation in asking its import. Feeling that he and his family had been its subject, and that, however heavy the burden, it behooved him to know it, he successively he successfully asked, entreated, and even conjured, conjured Samuel to tell him all that it, its details. So challenged, Samuel dared not keep back anything, and the aged priest, however weak and unfaithful, yet in heart a servant of the Lord, received it with humiliation and resignation, though apparently without that resolve of change, which alone could have constituted true repentance. By the faithful discharge of a commission so painful and involving such self-denial and courage, Samuel had stood the first test of his fitness for the prophetic office. Henceforth, the word of the Lord was permanently with him, not merely by isolated commissions, but in the discharge of a regular office. Samuel acted as prophet in Israel. A new period in the history of the, children of the kingdom of God had commenced, and all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that there was now a new link between them and their heavenly king, a living center of guidance and fellowship and a bond of union for all who were truly the, the Israel of God. And that was by Alfred Edersheim. So we'll, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.